medication or lack thereof, as we know, can stem from numerous paths that you take in your life. On that, circumstances out of your control can take hold of your life and pave a path for you. So things come in, dictate it all, you have literally no say. Those things could be a huge range, childhood cancer, ADHD, other neurodivergent diagnoses, whatever you decide to study, what you're afraid to study, but you might really want to, but you don't because you don't think that you can because you're not smart in those subjects, what you were told as a child about how you can and should live your life, can, should, in quotation marks, these all dictate the path that your life will take. It can be so hard to deviate from that and forge your own path, refusing to let circumstance control you. Jeff Bevan is our guest today. So Jeff was diagnosed with cancer at age five in the 80s. We talk a little bit about why that's important. He was then diagnosed with ADHD. But as an adult out of school, he started a business nestled in science even though in aforementioned school, he did not study science at all, far from. He had no scientific background, and he forged ahead anyway, and he created an amazing brand that is very scientifically based, very successfully so, even though he doesn't have that background. Jeff is a walking success story. And he did not let his circumstances shape his life. He is shaping his life. Also, you're never past your prime ever. I hope that you watch the Oscars. That needs to be set on every single platform for eternity. And also, Don Lemon, get lost forever, please. Thank you. I see no reason why a woman wouldn't do as well as a man. Welcome back to the You're Not Qualified podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for tuning in. If this is or is not your first time here, I'm happy you're here. My name is Courtney Heater. I'm your host, and it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe, leave a review, or follow, and hit me up on Instagram, at YNQPod. So before we meet Jeff... A little announcement. This will be the last episode of this season. However, I'm going to switch up how I run this. My day job is consuming more of my life these days, which I'm super happy about. That's great. I love it. I love my job, but I need to make more time to bring you quality content consistently. I don't want to slack on the quality by trying to hit the mark every week. So I will no longer be doing weekly episodes, but rather I will be releasing a new episode every month and I will have no breaks between months. So you'll no longer have to wait two to three months between seasons. I'll just release an episode on the first Thursday of every month starting April 6th. So then April... And then in May and then in June, with no gaps between months, I will have a episode. 
I cannot thank you enough for your engagement and tuning into my war on imposter syndrome and your engagement on socials. If you don't yet, please follow. I am most active on Instagram at YNQPod. YN is a Nancy Q pod, and I'm having a lot of fun with the content on there, and I want to be able to keep that up and to do that and consistently have quality material for you, I will need to structure it a little bit differently to have more time in between for the big honky stuff. The episodes just take a lot more time with the sourcing, interviewing, editing, and all of that. So I don't want to compromise on quality. So I'm not going to do that. So we're going to just see you once a month. And of course, uh, just follow me on socials because I will be still very active there. That obviously takes less time and it is arguably more engaging. So this might be a win-win. We can just engage there and talk about imposter syndrome and everything that you think is holding you back, but really is not. And you have to go do that thing. Okay. So without further ado, and with that all out of the way, let's go meet Jeff. Let's go. You walk around telling me what to do, what not to do, trying to make me be like you. Well, I'm not going to be like you. Okay, today we are chatting with Jeff Bevan. Jeff is the founder, creator of an amazing beard product company, and he's also had quite an extraordinary life to get to where he is now through childhood cancer, ADHD diagnosis, but he has pursued and persevered through everything, and he is living a life that a lot of people look up to. And I'm so excited to have you here, Jeff. Thank you for being here. I appreciate the invite. Thank you very much for having me. This is also Jeff's first podcast. It so very much is, yes. We got to be really nice. To him. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Can't scare you away. No. <laughs> Your life seemingly has been far from smooth sailing. As I said, childhood cancer, I honestly cannot even fathom what that's five years old. Insane. But on top of all of that, you've built an incredibly family, incredible family, incredible business from the ground up. So excited to dive into it. I'd love to have this in two parts about your upbringing, where you got to where you are, the trials that you've faced, and then a lot about your beard care business. So let's just dive right into all of the really good stuff. Like we're in a psychology session here. Let's okay. talk about your childhood, Jeff. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Growing up, lived in suburban area, just out of sight of Salt Lake. And when I was four, I leading into the cancer thing, when I was four, I was riding my bike and I fell off my bike and hit a fire hydrant. And I, from before that, I was thrown up intermittently and my parents just thought, I don't know, obviously got some sort of a bug or something. But after I fell off that bike, my parents noticed that I was really distended in my stomach area. And they were like, that's really weird. And this is back in the eighties. I'm an old man. So <laughs> things aren't as great innovation wise is back then. So they took me to the doctor and the doctor felt around and he was like, oh, it seems off, but they didn't have ultrasounds inside doctor's offices or x-rays or stuff. So they sent me to the children's hospital in Salt Lake, primary children's hospital. And they ran a bunch of checks and whatnot. And they said, there's a good chance it's cancer because they found a mass on my left kidney. And so they just started digging into that. And basically I got diagnosed on a Saturday and told to come back on Monday and they were going to do surgery on me 
and remove my kidney and go from there. So you had two days to process. Your family had two days. My parents had two days. And I had at that point, an older sister who's about 18 months older than me. And I don't know if my middle sister was born yet or not, but she was awful close. So I think she might've been, if she was born, it was, she was a very young toddler at that point. My God. Yeah. So they basically did all the ultrasounds and stuff and said, Hey, this is cancer. Um, and luckily with my type of cancer, it was called the Wilms tumor. It was still encapsulated and Wilms tumors are usually not found until it has spread into the lungs, into the glands and all that kind of stuff. And then it's pretty, pretty bad at that point, obviously, but mine was still encapsulated, which just blew away the doctors. My parents were telling me about all the doctors who come in and just start poking and stuff like that. Cause they just, they couldn't figure out why this mass had not just burst and spread elsewhere at this point. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm actually learning so much about cancer right now. So it has to burst out of itself to spread. Yeah. Where it was located in the kidney is basically was encapsulated in like just a fatty tissue, I guess you can call it. And it hadn't broken off, burst out of that sack to, to spread elsewhere at that point. So it was just localized in my kidney which made my diagnosis much better other than they got to pull the kidney basically. Oh yeah. And that growing up is definitely difficult because it's so important for flushing things out of your body and you probably have to be careful about what you drink and. Yep. All that was part of it. And obviously it took me out of a lot of contact sports. Couldn't play football. I could never pass the physicals for that or like hockey, because if I got hit in my other kidney, obviously then you're your dialysis, you're on kidney transplant list, you're in big issue there. So Holy never, you got to do that kind of stuff. So what a bummer. And yeah. is ice skating pretty big in Utah? I know it is in like a lot of the Northern States. Not too big. They're, they've got rinks, but it's not nearly as big as it is. Like you said, in the Midwest, Northern Midwest. Yeah. Okay. When you hit the fire hydrant on impact and your stomach was starting to be distended, did that hit the tumor and move it around and disrupt your stomach or why did that happen? Never really got a clear answer as far as that. Goodness for it. Yeah. I don't know if that just caused like it to grow, like jolted it or whatever, but it definitely started to make it so my parents noticed that my stomach was distended or that area of my body was being distended and they couldn't figure out why what the heck yeah, yeah. So. wow that's it's very fortunate but also so strange yeah 100% yep 100% four years old obviously my parents cancer in the 80s a big deal so that was very traumatizing to them obviously yeah and then having other kids too I can't yeah. even imagine what that was like yep oh so then a year later you were diagnosed with ADHD yeah they always knew that I was pretty hyper <laughs> because I wouldn't sit down. I wouldn't sit down to eat or anything like that. I was always moving. I was always on the run, but it really didn't really manifest itself until I was in kindergarten and a kid across the room would drop a pencil. And I was there picking up that pencil for that kid before the kid even realized that it had fallen on the floor. Cause I was just so wired to, to notice things that are going on. My brain was going a thousand miles an hour. That's where they, started researching it and they couldn't start me on any medication for the ADHD until after my chemotherapy and radiation treatments were done for the cancer. So that didn't 
after they found out I had ADHD, it was probably another year to 18 months before they were able to start me on medication to, to see if that would help. That's such, that's like very formative years. Yes. Five, six, seven years old. Those are big. Those are very crucial years for a lot of things, for self-esteem, for development, mental development, all that kind of thing. So that was definitely an interesting time for sure. Yeah. When were you officially cancer-free? So they basically told me that I had to wait five years and I would have to do routine scans every year to see if it had spread because they were still bewildered that it had not spread at all in in this time period. After the age of 10 is when I got the clear that they felt good that I was cancer-free. But really, after they took out the kidney and started doing the chemotherapy and radiation, I was cancer-free at that point. They just Mm -hmm. didn't didn't know. Right. Okay. Gosh, they just, they took it out. What is a, what was your diet like as a kid having one kidney? Could you like drink Capri Suns and stuff like super sugary stuff? Yeah, I would, but I definitely was water. Okay. Uh, Water hydration via water has always been very key for me. And as a kid, obviously water is like the last thing you want to drink because it doesn't taste good as the pops and the sodas and all that kind of stuff. I know. But very much water was the focus that I had to, I had to drink. Yeah. Can you drink alcohol now? I could. Yeah, I could. I've never drank alcohol in my life or anything like that. So it's never been a thing for me, but it's, uh, I could. Yeah. I just, I make sure I drink about at least a gallon of water a day just to help out my one kidney I have to continue. So it doesn't That's get amazing. backed up or anything. Yeah. yeah. I want to know how you make it through high school and college without drinking alcohol. <laughs> I was not. Yeah. I was amazing. not. I was not the party kid. I did not enjoy college or high school. I just wanted to get into the workforce. So I never wow. did party stuff or anything. Wow. Yeah. Now you have your own business. So that yeah, yeah, something, something you did right there. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> With all of that a lot would say even traumatic experience as a kid. How do you think that shaped you as an adult and how you view life? I thought, I've been thinking about that a lot. And as far as how I view it as a kid, I didn't know any different. I think having cancer and ADHD was more impactful on my family than Mm -hmm. it was for me. Because I didn't know. I was just going with whatever happened. But as far as how it affected my life. I think the things that happened during that time frame of my life has really affected me and helped navigate my life as far as what I try to achieve. It's easier to keep your eye on the prize. Right. Yep. hundred percent. Yep. And just enjoying life for what it is. Obviously things can change in a heartbeat. You get a phone call, you get a diagnosis, you get a blood test back, whatever, and everything just changes. So enjoying the present and living in the moment is something I focus on. You're literally the walking face. You're the billboard of that. Your life can change in a moment. Your (laughs) life can change in 48 hours. Yep, yep, exactly. (laughs) You can't take it for granted. Not one second. Yep incredible so let's talk about your beard care business then okay yeah what's it called why beards I know you have a great one but besides (laughs) that let's get into what sparked this I hated shaving Mm. I would always break out get bad rashes and so finally in my mid-20s I said I'm just I'm done shaving I'm not gonna shave anymore 
And so it just started growing. And I honestly didn't even know that there was a beard care product world until three, four years ago. And my barber gave me some stuff that he made up and it like broke me out, made me break out. And I was like, this, why would anyone want this if this is going to cause this? So it really started me to have me start learning about it, researching Mm -hmm. ingredients and trying a bunch of different things. I never found a product that I was like, this is awesome. This is for me. And so being the ADHD kid that I am, like my brain's always wondering and researching and developing. And so I was like, I'll just make my own. And so I just started making my own product for myself. And then some friends would ask, what was I using? And I would, so I'm like, oh, I make my own here, try this. And they started telling their friends and so on and so forth. And eventually, um, just started the business from that because basically people were asking me for it so I was like we might as well sell it so do you have any sort of scientific background in school zero so you want to talk about imposter syndrome yeah zero did not enjoy chemistry did not enjoy any of that kind of stuff it was basically learn on the fly buy a bunch of ingredients a bunch of natural ingredients mix them together and find out what worked the best, what felt the best, and what did the job the way that I wanted it to be. Yeah. So, Using now, ADHD to your advantage. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely something that we talk about in our household as a superpower because a lot of people can't focus on 17 different things at the one time I can. Right? My brain's always ro- running with different ideas and thinking about different aspects. So it definitely has helped out and it piques my interest. And when I am interested in something, I dive into that rabbit hole and go all in. How has it grown in the last couple of years, your business? Tremendously. So I I started it with basically joined like a local craft Christmas show. Mm. It was catered to women, but my wife always went to it and she loved it. And so I reached out to the organizer and I said, hey, I would like to put my business in there thinking, why would she want a beard oil business in her woman's boutique? But she accepted me, even though I had not, I didn't even have a product when she accepted me. So that kind of pushed me. I'm like, all right, now well, I got a date. I got to get something <laughs> I done. Product. I got to have a product. I got to do all these things. Really, that kind of pushed me. And the feedback was fantastic. The feedback I got was tremendous. Like it blew my mind. I didn't know what to expect sales wise. I was expecting maybe a couple hundred bucks. I was hoping to break even, but I sold three, four, five thousand dollars in that show in that first month. And I was just blown away. I was like, okay, I got something here. I just kept feeding the fire and I kept up with it. And it's something that's fun for me. It helps with my, my ADHD because it allows me to focus elsewhere at time. Yeah. And you can develop the product. You can do your socials. You can do all of the running. Do you have help? Any employees? I have no employees other than my wife and daughter. And they're wow. underpaid and underappreciated, of course. <laughs> <laughs> we should get them in here. Let's see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, they're the only ones that that really help me make the stuff. We have a area dedicated downstairs in our basement that I turned into a clean room, which I basically turned it into my little lab where I wow make all this stuff. Yeah. yeah, out of your house. I love that house. so much. Yep. So. Do you have sensitive skin or what's like the, who are you making it for? Yeah, I'm basically making for anyone that wants a quality product or of a boutique style, different than what you can find in the big box stores. You can buy these product, beard products at big box stores, but they, 
cram a lot of artificial ingredients in there, a lot of non-synthetic stuff. And so that way it helps them with their margins. And so my, my product, I always said I wanted it all natural. I never wanted to put stuff in there that is fake. I didn't want to stat stuff. Like my second ingredient, highest amount ingredient is argan oil. And that stuff mm. is expensive, super expensive. And I also use natural vitamin E oil in it, which, you know, I was paying like $20 an ounce for some of that stuff. And so it's expensive, but I never wanted to cut corners in order to save costs. Cause I know that quality is going to trump over everything in the end. So make a quality product with quality ingredients and the results are going to be good. So absolutely. And then your margins will get bigger and bigger and that'll just, it'll pay off 100%. That's the goal is always bootstrap. I took some money from our savings and I start bought my initial inventory and I've, you know, never had to put any more money in. I just continue to bootstrap and, and grow as I can grow in my little hundred square foot room that I have. It's just bursting at the seams right now. <laughs> <I bet. laughs> yeah. But it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Oh man. I, it's a certain type of person that can yeah. work out of their own home, building an actual like physical product. Like yeah. We all basically work from home these days now, but sure. it's like something else when it's a lab in the basement. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's definitely been challenging at times and, uh, but a lot of rewarding, a lot of rewarding times. Too. Oh yeah. A lot of that is just it's trial error, it's stress, probably sleepless nights, trying to yep. get it. But because of your childhood, you have a very unique relationship with being hard-headed, having tenacity, yep. getting through it and just doing it to get through the other side. Would you say that a big part of your upbringing is why you're the business person you are today? 100%. Yeah. So my dad is a business owner himself. He has his own business. It's a fiberglass business. And I, my day job is I work alongside him and I've spent most of my life with him, which I absolutely enjoy. Like those are memories that I'll never be able to replace with anything else. But one thing that he always has instilled in me was if you say you're going to be somewhere, you're going to be there. If you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. And so, yeah, late nights, early mornings, whatever I have to do to get the orders out, is what I'm going to do. And that even goes back to my cancer days is when I was doing chemotherapy for 18 months, I never missed a day of school in all that time. So I would go to school, come home, get chemo treatment through the night, throw up through the night, and then bounce up in the morning and be back at school because I just have always felt I'm supposed to be somewhere. If I said I'm supposed to be somewhere, I'm going to be there and I'm going to show up. So that's just oh. always kind of been instilled in me. I bet your parents were scratching their heads with that one. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. They would always be like, okay, he's up throwing up all night for sure. Like he's, you can stay home. <laughs> you can stay home. Oh, easy pass. You can obviously say, oh, you got cancer, you have chemotherapy, whatever going on. Call it a day. But I was never like that. And it would always surprise them when they would come out in the morning and I was dressed, ready for school, ready to go. Wow. So yeah. Wow. So you're yeah. just born like that. <laughs> I was born with that. I think it was definitely genetics from my parents because they're like I said, they're like that. They follow their word. They're true to their word. If they say they're going to do something, they're going to, they're going to do it. Wow. Does your wife do this full-time with the beard? The beard? Yeah. Nope. She's a stay-at-home mom. We've been lucky enough to have that. And we've always made that a priority to have her be a stay-at-home mom and be able to raise our daughter. So. Wonderful. So she's, that's 
you guys have a crazy life, but uh, in a really good way. <laughs> yeah, 100%. It's always constantly moving. Yep. Yeah. So along that line, a great support system. It will absolutely move mountains for you and you would move mountains for them. In terms of your other connections to get your business off the ground, even your connections to work through some challenging times in your life, where did you really lean on hard? for those hard times and making this business? I, uh, I've always, and this is new to me, I've always had the lone wolf mentality. Do it myself. I don't want to bother other people. And my wife is the opposite. She's very willing to ask for help and get advice and stuff like that. So she's taught me and she continues to push me in that regard. But I have learned that it's easier when you can rely on some other people to help you out. Yeah. And just trying to push through walls on your own. Different people, I reach out and have questions. I ask them questions and just kind of rely on them to carry me at times. Yeah. Curious if you can like see the forest of the trees, obviously, because you are diagnosed ADHD. A lot of ADHD folks that I have encountered basically describe it as you can't focus on anything because your mind is everywhere. But I love that you describe it as it's your superpower because you've harnessed that and you've figured out how to make that work for you. If you could pinpoint anywhere along the way that you kind of figured out how to harness it, does anything ring a bell? I would say in my late, late teens. Okay. Is where I figured out that my mind was wired differently and that I would not fall in the same realm as other people as far as how things are done. So I learned at that moment that I beat to my own drum and to do it that way. And I don't know if it was specific of then or not, but it's just basically the way things have fallen into place for me is that I've noticed that I can get things done. And then I'm like, whoa, I didn't even realize I was doing this because I was thinking about this, but I got this done type thing. It's like something's always just going in on the back. Yeah, always going, always going in my head. It's constantly from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed, like thoughts just are rolling through my head. Wow. It's pretty wild to hear that because it almost is like a portion of you is on autopilot. Yeah. And then a portion of you is focused on something else. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what I call it a superpower is because I literally multitask the way that other people can. In that yeah, I, I can't really multitask. I try and then I forget about the other thing I was doing until somebody pings me about it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, is it done? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so let's talk about your daughter a little bit, if you're comfortable doing so. Sure. Yep, um, absolutely. She, she also has ADHD. Yes, she has ADHD as well. She is a trooper as far as the things that she has gone through. And I'll probably end up getting emotional (laughs) from it. So born RSV at a very young age, all that kind of stuff. What is RSV? Respiratory virus. Very hard on kids. Very hard on kids. Yeah, I've heard about that recently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there was times where she couldn't stop coughing and she went blue and all that kind of stuff. And so very hard. Obviously, as new parents, like that's brutal. So terrifying. Yeah, terrifying in that regard. And then, like you said, ADHD. She's also diagnosed with severe anxiety, separation anxiety. And she also is on the autism spectrum. She has it's 
not really call it, but Asperger's is what she has. So she's functioning, but she definitely has some issues with that. Does she, um, what is, what are her favorite things to do? And have you seen her also kind of starting to learn how she operates using that in a way that is fulfilling to her? Yeah. Yeah. So obviously we're two peas in a pod. So I, uh, yeah. I understand her and we both drive my wife absolutely nuts. As it should be. We got a lot of fidget toys around the house. We got a lot of those type of things that to draw her mind. But she definitely, to answer your question, she is, she's a hard worker. She mm-hmm. does not complain despite all the trials that she's going through and all the issues that she has, she doesn't complain. And that's inspiring to me in the regards that here's this little girl, 10 years old, that asthma, ADHD, you know, autism, all this kind of things easily could just be the most bitter kid in the world. Yeah. Why me? But she's not. She just keeps trucking along. Oh, she is a super, she's a super child, super yeah. woman. Yeah, super woman. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Oh, does she have a favorite hobby right now? She loves anything slime. She loves. Oh, that's make- so 90s. Yeah. Yeah. So slime is her thing. She loves to play slime and make slime. And I think it's some sensory stuff for her. So that's what she really enjoys doing right now. I love it. And she's got your blood, Jeff. Oh, so she's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of the reasons why, another reason why I started this business. And there's a lot of things because to, to teach her that there's ways to make money and to have a lifestyle, function as a lifestyle without the traditional nine to five. Because my wife and I don't believe that she's going to be able to hold a nine to five job with her anxieties, with her autism, with her ADHD. So I've always took it as, okay, I can teach her how to be a hustler, how to be an entrepreneur and find different ways to make money and make a living. And she enjoys that. She, When I do shows, she loves to come to shows and sell my product. She has no qualms going up to just anyone with a beard that we see. And, hey, you should use my dad's product. <laughs> and that's <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So she's bold and she's extroverted. 100%. I love that. Yep, 100%. That's going to serve her so well. Yeah, 100%. Yep. Yeah, we don't have to worry about her getting out of her shell. It's just mm. whether or not she can and function in that normal life's kind of environment so yeah she's really lucky to have you and your wife because not only because you understand but because you can eat with her have a lot of compassion i have a lot of compassion uh, and we butt heads but Mm. same time there's no one she knows that there's no one more than her mom and i that have her back and her best being on the front of our minds at all times. So. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Yeah. So beautiful. Throughout your life, have you developed any mantras or anything to even clear your mental space when you really need to or to get through something really tough? Yeah, there's always some things I always tell myself. I'm always telling myself that I can do hard things. Yeah. Like you just can do hard things, get those things done. And then there's a quote that I love that I heard from a movie. All you can control in life is how you respond to life. It's all you can control, right? Everything else is outside factors and you have no say in how that is. So how you control and respond in your life are the biggest things. And it's so applicable to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Everything in your life, you basically can say, how am I going to respond to what I can control? And that's what we always tell her with 
my, my daughter with her anxieties because she's worried about stuff that just doesn't make a lot of sense or things that she can't control. And it's like, you can't control that. So yes, you, it's good that you're worried about it, but at the same time, don't overstress yourself to the point where you're sick because you can't control the outcome. You can't control what does with their life. Yeah, you can offer words. You can change your behavior. You right. can leave. Right. Yeah, yep. exactly. I really like that. And it's, it is so applicable to absolutely everything. I know that she has some like also physical, like with asthma, I have asthma as well. That's been debilitating for a lot of my childhood, which makes it, it makes it really difficult to get outside, run, be active like other kids. And I know that it can't be obviously any easier with her other diagnoses on top of that. But I think having those kinds of mantras with anything in your life is really important. And like, you will get through this. Your success rate for getting through hard times is 100%. Yep. And that's what I, the little mantra that I always tell her when I drop her off to school is you are built for this. You can handle Mm. whatever life throws at you today. Not not to say it's going to be easy, Yeah. but you are built for this and you can handle whatever comes in life. Right. And you can mold it to what you want, right? Uh, Like you can use everything that's going on in your body only to an advantage you want. Like there's things that she's going to be able to do that other people will not be able to do. 100%. So not everybody's going to be able to run a business like you. It's because your mind works differently. Right. 100%. Yep. Everyone's built differently. Everyone has their strengths. Everyone has their weaknesses. And you just do what you can do the best way you can do it. Yeah. What's been your favorite part about running your beard care business. And I'm realizing we never said the name of it. Yeah. So the name of it is Effect Beard Care. Yep. E-C-T. And the reason why I came up with that is because of the definition behind it. It's to make a difference. And so I said, my ingredients, my product are going to make a difference. But I also started it and tying it into things I experienced growing up is to give back to other people. Like, the whole goal is not to just be this big profitable empire of filthy riches. Like I donate stuff back, like sales. I run a portion of my sales. I donate to various charities, various organizations. And that's always been the goal. It was never a goal to just pad my pocket, but it was actually to make a difference to the community as well. Various chances of meeting different people through that aspect is easily the people I've met is easily the best part of the business. Yeah. So getting into kind of the logistics of how that works, just kind of out of curiosity, as a business, you can do whatever you want with the profits that you have, but is there a certain time where you give so much back or away that you would be considered like a 501c nonprofit or anything? I'm sure there is. I've never looked into that. Mm. That's something down the road. Um, but I have basically just said, I, this is what it costs for me to make this product. So I need at least that much back so I can make another one to continue to make sales. And so after that, it's basically the opportunities that come up. So some of my social media influencers I have, like they have a discount code that they can give to their followers, but part of that. So the, so when someone orders from me, they get a portion off. But behind the scenes, I pay them a portion. And then I also donate a portion to their favorite charities. Operation Underground Railroad, a, a Pitbull, 
saving organization basically has gotten money from us just because that's where they wanted the money to go to as part of the donation. So it involves a whole different aspect of it. So right off the bat, I've given out 10% of the sale price to the customer. I've paid the influencer for the regular price. So that's a certain amount of percent. Plus then I donate a certain amount of percentage to their organization. So 40% of it is basically gone from the start in those scenarios, which I'm perfectly fine about because again, the goal is never to pad my wallet in this filthy rich scheme, but to actually make a difference. That's beautiful. Do you have any long-term visions to grow effect in terms of like more products? Absolutely. That's, that is the ADH. And that's where my wife comes in because <laughs> I would run at a thousand miles an hour if I could, yeah. but absolutely. I have game plans to venture and take that into many different aspects as the opportunities arise. Love it. Yeah. Speaking very selfishly slash personally, some hair care for yeah. like women's hair or just yeah. hair. I guess we yeah. have the same type of hair, men and women, but yeah. would be awesome because yeah. I don't have a beard. Thank goodness. But if you ever do, <laughs> around, I don't know if I'd mind it. It seems so fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that that's the goal is to create this little empire around the notion of making a difference. And so whatever I can do when the opportunity arises, I'll do it. Great. Yeah, I'll keep an eye out yeah. on effect. And yeah. there's some really popular craft fairs and like urban maker fairs mm-hmm. in Seattle. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've considered coming up here. I have done only one show out of state. I went to Boise and um, I got absolutely wrecked because of the cost of, oh. of travel, hotel room, all that kind of stuff to sell my beard oil. Like I was in a big hole. To try to turn it back up. So as of right now, no, until I get some higher price tag items to be able to sell, it's probably going to stay local for the most part, but I can ship it wherever. You that ship works. all over the world? All over. Yep. Yep. Love it. Yep. It's just traveling there is going to be a little slower just because of the cost. I hadn't thought of that with the other makers that come here. Cause when I, it happened a couple of months ago, they usually do it right before Christmas smart, yep. but there were some folks from Texas. There were like wow. way down south that were selling and wow. they had just, they just sell, they ship their stuff in suitcases and they like meet their stuff here and it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I've met some of those people that basically like they're retirees or whatever, and they just have a motor home and they just travel from event to event for the event. And so I guess if you could take out some of the costs as far as transportation or hotel stays or anything, it becomes more doable. But for me at this time, I haven't figured that out. So maybe that's what my brain will focus on over the next year. You know, part of my ADH brain is figure out how I can <laughs> to go outside of Utah to make sales. So yeah, if you ever come to Seattle, we have a couch. I'm okay. happy to host you. Perfect. Right on. Yeah. Right. And we don't have an extra spare room, but. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't make it there, but I can crash there. You can crash here. Yeah. You can try to befriend my mean little schnauzer. Oh, yeah. Big dog fans here. So. Good. Yeah. Right in. He's a little shit. He's cute. <laughs> <laughs> we have one of those too. We, I just surprised my wife and daughter with a mini golden dude. <sighs> At Christmas time. Oh so, my God. What's its name? We named him Teddy because he looks like a teddy bear. Cute. And also after Theodore Roosevelt, because our daughter named Reagan 
who is named after Ronald Reagan. So we stayed with Love the that name. presidential theme of our children. And, and Love it. So yeah. He is eight pounds of just pure fluff and terror. Isn't it so crazy? Something so small. Yeah, absolutely. Can just wreak havoc. Absolutely. Yep. I'm, I'm shocked every yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. Like, and also, how, how, how quick you get into things. <laughs> and why are you so angry? Like, yeah. you have a great life. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> You're a yep. freeloader. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You don't have to do anything. People feed you, yeah. clean up after you. Oh, great. That's life. I want to be a dog in my next life. I, me too. Yeah. I feel like maybe I was in a former life. Oh, uh, okay. So that's but why you're human now is because you have to make up for the work. Got to make up. Yeah. Make up for the freeloading. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I also once, this is like very random, but I once went to a psychic who told me that I used to be a little boy in the stone age with a saber-toothed tiger as a pet. Oh, wow. And I was like, a lot of that makes sense. Yeah. You're like, actually, a saber-toothed tiger. Wow. How do you tame one? I don't, yeah, I don't know. know. Maybe only a kid could do that. <laughs> and who's the first person that figured out how to tame them? And how many times I, did it take getting oh, bit before he realized he couldn't do that? Yeah, a couple people <laughs> might have passed. It's like Absolutely. figuring out which mushrooms are safe to eat. Yeah, yeah. there's Type a lot, lot of things like that in life where I'm always thinking to myself, who was the first person to try this? And what was their mindset when yeah. they did this, like parachuting? I'm just going to hold this claw. I'm going to jump out of this plane and we're going to see what happens. Yeah. RIP to all those people. Yeah, that's right. Thank yeah. you for progressing the world. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> it's so noble of you. Yep. <laughs> so from these like really deep archives of your life and your experiences, we have touched on some advice and mantras you have, but for others that are going through difficult times, their health, their family, their careers, do you have any words sage words of wisdom that could get them through that you'd like to share yeah i would i would say the biggest thing is going back to the mantra is like you can do hard things you're built to do hard things you're built to do things that are harder than you can even imagine so continue pushing forward continue putting your shoulder to the wheel and just continue pushing on and just believe that you can do it you can you're built for this you really are really are. Have you had any like really big hurdles in your business? Biggest hurdles? To be honest, no. The hardest things for me is because I'm not wired that way is like figuring out the graphic side of it. That's That kind of stuff does not come easy for me. So trying to figure out how to make my labels and designing my labels and doing all that kind of thing is like, is not easy. And it's been my biggest hurdle is always those type of things sides because that's not me that's not me but i keep trying to push through that and learn and i'm dealing with that right now i just went to go reorder some more labels and i submitted my artwork and they came back and said it was off size and i'm like i literally I just got these done i don't know what happened <laughs> so i've been spending the last two days just trying to figure out where i went wrong and how i sized this all of a sudden wrong to where it's not working because this was supposed to be just a reorder with some minor changes but Apparently, mm. I need something up big time. So, Nothing can be actually easy. No, exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I'm finding that out. So I would say that's the biggest hurdle is the graphic side of it all. It's yeah. It's a whole different world than I've ever been in. So. Yeah, I can see that. And you know what the beauty of, so there's like obviously some real downsides of social media, but some of the beauty of social media 
is you can present your brand in a way that fits how you operate and what you are good at because marketing marketing long ago before the internet was very black and white and it had to be flashy shiny but now you don't have to have that in order to sell your business or your products yeah there's a lot of nobility in the rawness Mm -hmm. and sometimes everyone overthinks it they got to do these fancy edits and all that kind of stuff and really it's just get it out there and the people that are going to buy with it are going to buy with it and people that don't there's so much opportunity out there just scrolling through your feed there's so much out there that your stuff will vibe with the people that that it needs to vibe with exactly and like you said before a very good product is going to eventually just sell itself right 100 probably very quickly yeah and that in in this regard like the colognes and stuff when it's a scented product there's no smell of vision, right? So I can type in all I want. Oh, it smells like hiking through the forest or whatever it is. But until you smell it, you're not going to get it. And it's not going to hook you until you smell it. And it really vibes with you at that point. Yeah. So excited to check it out. My boyfriend has a pretty epic beard. Awesome. So I think I'm going to grab him some. He doesn't yeah. use any like beard oils. He's one of those freaks that can just wash his face with water and uh-huh. never have a breakout. Yeah. I hate it. (laughs) I'm so angry about it. Like I, I obviously have a skincare routine in order Uh to not break out. If you miss it one day, (laughs) it really is. It's chaos in the mornings. Absolutely. Jeff, was there any other thing that you would like to touch on that we did not? Nothing on the top of my head. I just, my biggest thing is treat others well. Like growing up, my family was well taken care of during my cancer treatments, during my hospital stays, my parents would talk about how they would show up and someone had taken their laundry, the dirty laundry and went and did it. And it's already folded and put back ready for them by the time they got home at the end of the day, because a lot of my chemo radiation treatments, like they were all day long things. And so someone would have to take my older sister and watch her. And they didn't ask for money. People would have food sitting in our oven ready for us when we got home and just trying to help out where they can. So that's always instilled in me, seeing others help. That's something that I've always wanted to do and strive to do. So if you can go out of your way to help someone else make their life a little bit easier, do it because that goes a long way in life. The saying of when things are in chaos, say a natural disaster, and people will always say, look for those who are helping, look for the helpers. When you are feeling like humanity is doomed. Yep. Those are the people. Those are the people that I think are the real people in this world. A lot of fakeness and there's a lot of arguing and good, bad, whatever, but the right people are always going to end up on the right side. And give a lot back to the world. 100%. Yep. They're givers, not takers. Ah, I love that. Effect Beard. People can find you. I'm assuming you have a website and Instagram. I know. Effectbeard.com. Effectbeard. A-F-E-C-T. Then beard, that's all the socials. I got all the socials under that. So just type in effect beard and you'll find me, I'll find my webpage and all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. And yeah. you got an A plus on your first <laughs> Thank you. podcast recording. Yeah. Never knew how this was going to turn out. So I appreciate you having me on and helping this rookie through this. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate you for making the time. Yeah. Thank you. Hi. Hello. 
Welcome back to the end of another episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for getting to the end. I hope that Jeff's story resonated somewhere with you. His whole life has been really incredible. I can't even imagine, as I said to him, what it would be like on a family and on the child to have cancer. As he said, that was just the way his life was, but to have a really young child with other children have any sort of very serious medical issue has to be one of the most stressful things parents can go through. And growing up with a body that functions differently than other bodies around you, you can't drink all of that Capri Sun. You probably can't really drink high C, really sugary stuff, and lots of water, of course, for him. And he didn't really have the interest in drinking alcohol, but that also takes out just fun sodas and stuff. I can't even imagine what that was like growing up. He's a rock star. He's a superhero with superpowers. And I love that that's how he describes himself and he describes his daughter. They for sure have superpowers. And I would say any neurodivergent person, we talked about that with Shay a few episodes back, is superhuman. They... If, if you have anything that you see as a difference than other people because of how your brain works, because of how your body operates, it's a superpower. It sets you apart and it makes you very unique and it allows you to do things and see the world in a way that a lot of people don't see. And that is a beautiful thing because you can also take away all of this that could be clouding you and see clearer what matters. You can see clearer through the haze that the pureness of life, how amazing it is that we're here, the value of really hard work, the value of believing in yourself, no matter what your body's going through, no matter what your brain's going through, no matter what your family's going through, believing that it's worth it believing that you have each other, believing that you always have you. I heard a quote the other day on a podcast I just discovered, but it's been around for a long time, called We Met at Acme. It's a dating podcast, which I love. I love dating podcasts. And the guest on that show had an amazing quote that she and her therapist developed. And I... It resonated so much, I wrote it down on a sticky note, and I put it up on my monitor. And the quote is, I'm never by myself, I'm always with myself. And that could be applicable in so many different areas of your life and in so many different scenarios that you're going through. And I have a feeling that sometime that quote's going to get me through a very hard time, and I hope that it could do the same for you. And we'll reiterate again. Whatever other people perceive that is wrong with you, quote unquote, is your superpower and nothing's wrong with you. Just hold that. Hold that dear. Okay. To reiterate at the top of the episode, this is going to be the last episode of this season, but I'm changing the structure. So the next episode to expect will be out 
April 6th, and then it's just going to be the first Thursday of every month that I'll release an episode with no breaks in between months for the foreseeable future. So I'll be back with you on the 6th. I will be super engaged on socials. Please follow me at YNQPod, at YNQPod, and it's a Nancy. And then also all my other links will be in the show notes. Please get in touch with Jeff. Buy his beard oil. I bought some for my partner who also has a majestic beard and it's really nice. They have a sample pack, which I got him, the sample pack of beard butter. And there's tons of different scents in there. They are wonderful. And the beard is so soft. And we love that. We love soft beards. I mean, I do. I'm a beard girl. Love them. And even my dog has a beard. I always have schnauzers and my schnauzers have beards. My men have beards. I just love beards. It's a thing. Just, (laughs) they got a good look on a dog and a man. Okay, so your trivia today, I was really curious about essential oils. We hear a lot about essential oils in products, and there are essential oils in the Effect Beard Care brand and in the beard butters and beard oils. What are essential oils? I was curious. And I was like, maybe like scientific properties or so. So your trivia, what are the main components of essential oil? Essential oils or EO, are complex aromatic substances derived from plants that are mainly composed of terpenes and other compounds. And these words might trip me, but I'm going to try. Namely, aldehydes, fatty acids, phenols, ketones, esters, alcohols, nitrogen, and sulfur compounds. I think that they probably would never ask you that complex, but you could remember essential oils are complex aromatic substances derived from plants, and they're mainly composed of terpenes and other compounds. And that is that, friends. Thank you so much again for listening. I am excited to bring you an episode once a month and we're going to have a lot of fun with that. There's going to be some amazing people to come that we're talking to. I can't wait. And until then, I will see you on the socials rather than see you next Thursday. See you on the socials. See you April 6th. All right. Have a good one, friends. Bye.